Hey, this is Brian. Uh, this is another episode of Invite the Neighbors. This time we had Call the Wolf from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, this is another Discord episode. Um, my voice, for whatever reason, got picked up really poorly by Discord. So, like, when I, I hate to even release it like this because, like, whenever I talk, it, sometimes it goes away, but, like, my voice just gets altered once. So I'm, I really apologize for that. Um, hopefully you can get through that and still enjoy what Call the Wolf had to say. Um, because their voices were fine. Um, it's just mine. It's, like, scratchy. And I'm going to try to run it through a filter and try to get the noise reduced a little bit. But it just is what it is. Um, you know, got to make compromises during the quarantine here because I just don't have... Like once you record something in Discord, you can't really go back and fix it. It's not the same as like going into Ableton or whatever. I'm just given an audio file. That just is what it is. So apologize for that. But I had a really good conversation about um, just like being a band from Canada, it's like kind of like coming to the states and like what it's like to be in a band from Canada and just what it's like to be in Call of the Wolf. Basically, um, had a really great conversation with them. Love talking to bands from Canada. Don't know why that's a thing but it, it definitely is um i had tijuana taxi also from toronto a long time ago that was a really great episode i just i don't know if it's because i played hockey or what but i just seem to get along with people from canada um and this was no exception so again sorry for the audio glitches like that if this is your first time listening to the podcast that is not a normal thing for my voice to sound like shit um well debatable but you know it's it's normally not like the audio quality's fault it's usually just genetics but Anyways, thanks for listening. Um, check out our website, Invite the Neighbors. No, Blueberry. I don't even remember. Invite the Neighbors.blueberry.com. Check that out. Um, you know, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the major um, podcast streaming platforms. We are there. So check out some more episodes if you enjoyed this one. And thanks for listening, guys. So, Preston from Call the Wolf. Hey, how you guys doing? Not too bad, dude. So, you've met Benny. Uh, I met Benny. We had a little, little quick conversation before we got on here. Yeah, nice talking Swear. about my car accident. Oh yeah, dude. Like, so that's an interesting one. Yeah. So like, what, what was up with that? I mean, it's all good. It was just one of those things that uh, just happens, I guess. Like, no one's car got like fucked up. No one got hurt or anything like that. It's just like I scratched it a little bit. And I kind of had a tiny, like the tiniest bit of body damage, which is like not even worth replacing or anything like that. Yeah. So like, I mean, if I assume that if he had an issue with it at this point that he would have gotten a hold of me, but he hasn't. So I'm kind of out of sight, out of minding it right now. Cool. Hopefully no strangers start listening to these podcasts. <laughs> I was just asking him if, him if uh, COVID got in the way of getting the information from him. If it got a little awkward or not. Ah, uh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> see that. So, yeah. where, uh, where are you? Where's your band from, Preston? We're, from, we're all from Toronto. Yeah, we all live downtown Toronto. Oh, sweet. Have you ever heard of, by yeah. chance, uh, do you want a taxi? Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard of them. Yeah. Okay, they've, they've been on the podcast before. They were actually. Uh, an in-person episode when they were on tour out, out here in Michigan where I uh, where Benny oh, cool. and I live. Yeah, so that's... Wow. I've never thought I'd have... It's just so cool. Like, a, a year and a half ago, I had no idea I'd ever do a podcast, and now I've had, like, multiple bands from Toronto on. It's just fucking cool. That's really cool. Yeah, well, there's, there's so many good bands from Toronto. Yeah, they're always... Like, everybody's always working hard to get out of Toronto, right? So it's like... it's They're always touring through the States. I feel like... It's good that you guys are getting guys from Toronto on your podcast because it's like, it's nice to just get out of the Toronto area. Yeah, I mean, I, I could hear it a little bit in your voice too. Like I was, I thought you might be from Canada because I could hear the, uh, I could hear the Canadian A's, not like the A, yeah, but totally. like the, yeah, you know what I mean. I can hear the accent. I, a little I bit. actually grew up in Saskatchewan, so I've, I've like a bit of a Canadian accent. I gotta say. Yeah, you definitely do. I'm, I grew up playing hockey too, and like I've always been like a hockey fan, so I'm quite familiar with it just from like watching interviews from players and stuff, and just like hearing different announcers. I'm not gonna get too boring, but like, what about turning this into a hockey podcast? But like, is, <laughs> right on. I think you know 
there's definitely the stereotype that all Canadians love hockey, what I think is one of the best stereotypes there could possibly. Exactly. I think a lot of us do. So yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad uh, stereotype. Yeah. So how has your hockey fandom influenced uh, your band? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you guys are on here. How did you, how did you guys get set up? Because this is an inter- interesting one because uh, my buddy Matt, who runs um, this blog, music blog called Madness to Creations, occasionally like he'll send me, he'll have like an overflow of interviews that he's asked to do, and like he'll send bands to me to do on the podcast and your guys band was one of them and i think i don't know if it's through your manager or what that was from but how did you guys set up get set up with a podcast it was probably through our our publicist haley in uh, new york yeah okay got a hold of somebody yeah definitely um she's been good with getting us a lot of press like through all this covid stuff right like getting interviews and a podcast with you guys which is great like you try to get as much in as possible right yeah what does she now? Is she work for like a particular like publicist company or is uh, yeah it, big she, picture like, me big picture media actually yeah ah okay it's all making sense so because we have another um we're interviewing Becky from Big Picture Media later in May oh right on yeah yeah so I'm I'm sorry I'm just trying to piece together in my mind this is like the first time I've actually felt like an entity like a like a press entity is when like <laughs> like someone else there's like two there's like multiple middlemen like i have a middleman you have a yeah, middleman exactly. and now we're here together i'm like what the fuck is this legit you know yeah, like it's, it's pretty legit to me i i like it this is actually my first podcast i've done with the band so it's legit to me yeah and you're allowed to swear <laughs> like if you know just you know you can be, completely be yourself like the goal of the podcast is is to just like be the polar opposite of like a stale like radio interview where they don't really care about the music and they're just like trying to get content like benny and i are both musicians we're both in like in bands in in like the oh, that's awesome local michigan area so like that's i'm in this i started the podcast because i wanted to make connections like for my own band you know like i oh, want right to meet on. yeah totally bands on tour so that like when my band goes on tour like i got connects in all these different cities and stuff so when you guys are nice and close to Toronto and things for like, there's so many bands like up here looking to connect with bands down there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like keep this brief, but like, you know, if you ever are on tour and like, you're trying to come through Michigan, like Detroit area, just hit us up and we can, Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Probably yeah. I've, a number of times I've had bands on the podcast and then I've played shows with them like the same day or something. So it's been, Oh yeah. That'd be dope. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Been fun, you know. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to be doing some of that stuff soon here. You know, like soon enough, right? Yeah, that's that's been like the that's been the tune for saying by everyone on the podcast recently. We all just kind of like in a holding pattern, you know, just like what is this? Yeah, it's a bit of a waiting game right now. Yeah, for sure. But I think everybody from from what I've seen has been making pretty good use of their time, you know, like at, from bands that I've seen, you know, doing little live casts and things on Instagram and Facebook. And everybody seems to be making the most of it, at least, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys just released like a music video that I saw. Uh, yeah, we just uh, we did a video with uh, Ryan Glover in January and we just released it last month. Uh, it's for a single Black Moon. And yeah, cool, we cool. thought we we loved the experience. It was awesome. It was our, it was our first music video, so it was a good experience. So, like, what was the the video inspired by anything? Like, what was the process of like creating? Like, did did you guys as a band like figure out what you wanted the video to be, or did you like hire someone to like no handle that much. type of stuff? Pretty much, I sort of came up with like <laughs> honestly, I came up with a treatment that was like a little over the top. And we sort of had to scale our way backwards, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, I had I, I, all the ideas in the video just came from an, uh, from, uh, from a, a short storyline we came up with based around the song. Right. And then we got gotcha. together with Ryan and he, he put, put it all together in like a nice framework that worked for us really nicely, like visually and aesthetically, like, and like, it really didn't go far from what the original treatment was. We just got right to the point. That's cool. Yeah. Now, like, it was. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna ask, like, where um, is it on YouTube, or like, is there a certain place people can like look for this video? Yeah, it's on our. 
it's on our website at callthewolf.ca or it's available anywhere on YouTube. You can look it up. It's on our, our YouTube page, Call the Wolf. Okay. And are we as Americans, do we, do we have access to the .ca or do we have to get some fancy virtual private oh, network? We, I sure hope you do. Yeah, <laughs> I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have our personal Canadian server sitting there walking <laughs> you guys out, I don't think so. I at least try to like make clever Canadian jokes. You know, <laughs> not just like, do you all drink maple syrup every day? You know what I mean? Like the, the try, like, the, <sighs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like the, the cringy, well, we, like, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of fucking maple syrup here, up here. Like, <laughs> have you been to Quebec? <laughs> have not. Yeah. I got guys like cook it up in their backyard. It's tight. <laughs> That's actually dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I I did see, oh, as long as we're on the topic of maple syrup, like I will say though, that like there's this pot, like this patch of Michigan where I was driving with my girlfriend and she pointed out to me like a bunch of people like, cause Michigan, you know, we have like a lot of people that make maple syrup here in Michigan too. And like, oh, for sure. I, yeah. I was just driving one day and she kept pointing out like, there's people that just have these buckets hanging from yeah. branches in the trees and shit. I'm yeah, like, the what taps the fuck right are all these? The tree. Yeah. I'm like, what <laughs> the, the hell? Top on and off in the tree. Like it's a, like you're pouring a pint. It's awesome. That's, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I didn't realize that that was a thing. And I, I was just like enamored with that idea. Um, <laughs> it is a thing. Yeah. But I, I'm curious, like, you know, we'll try to stick to the music as much as possible, but we do, we, we do meander quite a bit. Um, I like a good anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is all about. So feel free to go. embrace the long form. But what are, what are some types of uh, music that is like a collective influence for, for the band? Like, you know, like if you were to describe your band as like, we're called the wolf for, for fans of like blank, what would kind of come to mind? I always think of like mid 2000s post hardcore and like alternative rock. Like you can always compare bands like uh, Thrice and Taking Back Sunday and Brand New things like that. But yeah, we, we try to we try to put a a more like I don't know just sort of a like a bit of a more rock twist on a lot of that stuff and 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 like more comparable to new bands. I'd say like Teenage Wrist and like things like that where they're they're playing they're playing heavy stuff but they got that melodic thing going on at the same time and yeah using using layers of synth and like texture to sort of bring it to life right yeah that sounds awesome that sounds like uh i my favorite band currently uh i'm not gonna say radiohead because i fucking love radiohead but everybody does but like my favorite band is uh manchester orchestra and Mm -hmm. uh they they kind of sound like you're describing them a little bit like yeah they, totally especially the layers of synth like Manchester like a lot of people you wouldn't think that they have the synth necessarily but you see them live and like keys and the synth play like an integral part in like creating their sound so like do you guys actually have a live synth player or is it just like on the record we do tracks when we're playing live yeah like it depends on the venue of course like say if we're playing a basement show or something we're not gonna throw on the tracks and stuff but. If we're right. playing a decent venue with a good sound system, we'll always throw the tracks in with uh, the synth parts and all the atmosphere and everything to create that vibe, right? Like, it's also really fun to play like that. And to create the, just to recreate the record as well, it's, it's I think it's a good experience live. But, so you know, if it's a click. small... Um, yeah, well, it depends. Like I said, depends on the venue, depends on the right. click, depends on the size of the room. Um, we always judge that by the time we by the time we get into the club and see what's happening there. And but like um, we we prefer to play to click and with and with uh, synth and everything. It just adds a little bit extra. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. I uh, it's also it's also a lot funner to rehearse with actually. <laughs> oh, I could see that. I, yeah, yeah, totally. So I love the synth. I, I've I'm like torn on playing with a click. Like I like practice to a click but there's just something like i i admire bands that actually play to a click live just because i'm afraid of it in a way <laughs> like it, I'm, it's all I'm afraid about of having that faith in the drummer you know like if you got faith in that drummer to thus lay it to keep it down like lucky we have a fantastic drummer who's like click or not he it doesn't throw him off at all like he's see if you have faith in him it's all good you know there yeah. you go yeah, and then I, everybody, yeah. Every, then everybody falls into place. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But it's a lot of stress on that drummer if he did, if he's not used to it. That's for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like that's that's kind of the thing. Like I, you know, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. It does. And also, like I, I hate playing with stuff in my ears. Like I've I've accepted that I need to if I want to keep my hearing. You know, but that was the first thing I had to get over uh, being a singer with the in ear. Um, basically we we got it in the first place because we got a, a bass player that came in that wanted to do a follow boy cover show it was all for just like <laughs> it was like one time thing right yeah. and we're like man let's get the in-ears let's get the click let's just get it tight right and we did a really good job with it but just through the whole process of getting the in-ear mixed and everything we're like let's just bring this into our whole set right and it became a thing that we really enjoy now yeah but it, uh, but it came from something a- stupid like a quick cover show, you know, or like, you know, we just wanted to get it really tight. <laughs> so the Fall Out Boy show, was that what kind of, are, ta- are we touching on all the Fall Out Boy eras? Or are we talking about like, oh, we're touching Fall on Out all Boy. the eras. Oh, no, we didn't really touch to the last three records, I got to say, probably. Okay, good, good. Here That's it fine. <laughs> it was a really focused, <laughs> on, uh, it was focused on the first two records, mostly, I got to say, yeah. It was a now, lot of fun, you know, and like, even when you like say the guitar that- player, Chris, like, Guitar player Chris was like not really into it at first, but now he like loves those fucking records just because he spent the time with them and enjoys them now, you know, like, yeah, got over now the when stigma you say, of Fall Out Boy, dude. Like, because okay, so like, Benny, just bear with me. We because we recently You're talked good, about this, we recently talked about this on another podcast. I can't remember which one, but like, we were talking about Fall Out Boy, and uh, I think it was with Vile, yeah, I think you're <laughs> right, I think you're right, but like. When you say the first two records, what which ones are you referring to? I'm just uh, what's the take take this to your grave? Okay, and, uh, good, what, good, good. Dejan, from under the cork tree, one? yeah, cork tree one, yeah, 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 yeah. We those two, on those, yeah. those two, and uh, Infinity on High and Infinity, yeah. Just, that's so fucking good, dude. That's it's I, good when, music. It's good music. It's yeah. I felt like like Peter Pan though, like. You know, like like Fall Out Boy was Wendy, and they they I felt betrayed, and they, <laughs> you know what I mean, like like when, it's it's all started oh, when Patrick you. Stump released his solo record, and that fucking this city is my this city, that song, yeah, God, it. yeah, dude, I felt <laughs> legitimate. That was seriously like I I I will say this, like I'm not bullshitting you right now, like that is the first time I felt disillusioned with music like that was the first time that i actually <laughs> understood like what it meant for someone to sell out like i like they had the i had a visceral reaction like i that's felt a painful like painful moment yeah dude like that that's it that's when it all went downhill and that's when i just like almost uh it was hard for me to listen to new music for a while after that i was so like <laughs> i was so hurt by that because those records like had such a formative influence on me like before yeah, I think that, that formative influence on a lot of bands that are playing right now, right? Like, yeah, it was it's one of the great rock bands of the, that decade. So it's like it really sort of it they 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 put down their mark when they had to. It was good, and then they come up with a record called Save Rock and Roll. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you guys drive Lamborghinis. <laughs> like, fuck off. That pissed me off. That just pissed me off a lot, dude. Like, well, we can we can move on. I was just curious. Like, I wanted to I wanted to like you know like read the room. I'm like get a like you know get the temperature of the room real quick. Figure out like all right, you guys are playing Fall Boy cover set. Like, well, believe the Fall me, Boy we're, we talking when about? we did that set, these conversations were had. Believe me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, that's, that's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> I'm um. So you're the singer though. You said I'm the singer. Yeah, I, I sing and I play guitar. Dope. So do you? Are you like a lyricist too? I say, I yeah, I write all the lyrics as well. Yeah. So do you, is like, are you like a songwriter? Like, do you write the song and bring them to the band or is it just like you kind of do your thing and is it more of like a collaborative thing? I always love asking about this because I like to see what different oh, people's sure. styles are. We all do our own thing, right? Like we're all, we all have little setups at home where we do our demoing and writing songs. And when we have a guitar riff or something, it does, everybody will like text it to the other guy and we'll come meet up at the rehearsal space and it becomes a song pretty much in a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's everybody always has, uh, 
their yes or no on a song. You know, there's never been a song where someone's like, uh, nah, uh, where they're not quite feeling it. It always has to go through right. the test of everybody putting their their little piece on it. And like, that's what the band's really good for. It's everybody's really individually has their own tastes and styles of the way they approach a song. So like right. when that comes, to, when that comes together, um, that's what really makes the band. Like anybody can come together with a good, come to the table with a good song idea. But it doesn't really become a good song until everybody's touched it, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you on that. Because there's kind of two different ways of going about it. You know, there's like the soul songwriter approach. And I'm in two different bands. Like one of them is like, I'm the soul songwriter. I kind of like I'm a control freak in that one. And and I'm in one that is pretty much exactly the way you described. It's where like, we do have like one songwriter that kind of writes the, the skeletons of the songs and then bring it to the band. And then we kind of do what you say, where we just like write the, we all do our parts around the skeleton, like in practice and stuff. And I think like, well, it's sure. weird yeah. because I have like the one band where I write everything is, is almost less fulfilling than <sighs> the camaraderie that you build from like being in a collaborative group with people. And oh, 100%. Yeah, and like the reason I say all this is because I think in order to make that type of thing work, at least for me, there has to be like a social um, camaraderie. There has to be like a, a social clicking outside of the music. Like you, you can you need to be able to like hang out with the people. At exactly. least that's kind of how I feel. So, do you guys? Oh, exactly. You guys like kind of do you know each other outside of music or like? That's honestly. Like, what you're what you're describing is exactly why I formed this band. Like I. I've been, we've all been in other bands and played with other bands. And I was like, I want to, and we've all been solo artists as well. So it's like, I just wanted to bring something where I had some songs and I wanted to build a band on top of that. So I basically met these guys as that. Like I, I wrote some demos, I recorded them in a studio and I approached just like musicians that wanted to be in the band. And it, it grew from that. Basically, I'm still with the same guys. Yeah, like that's that's and, awesome. And we, like, we and you know we love hanging out with each other. Like it it's it sucks right now. Like we haven't hung out hung out in like a month, but we 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 were lucky enough to get to hang out at their cab at uh, Chris's parents' cabin for like the weekend right before all this happened. But like I haven't seen those guys since. Uh yeah, it's tough. Like oh, and, totally. It's like in the one band that like it's more of a collaborative thing like we're they all went to school together like they grew up together and i was like kind of the late addition but like mm -hmm. it just so happens we're all very similar and like we get along very well and like the group chat's always popping you know um yeah exactly yeah gotta get a good group chat going dude yeah like i'm surprised <laughs> i've never there, talked about this isn't there oh, always one guy who sort of dips out of the group chat a little early though dude that's me that's so funny <laughs> like there you go <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I'll dip out and I like sometimes because I just uh, I get sensory overload and sometimes I just need yeah, to like exactly. not, not get the notifications. So like I'll just like I've, I'll mute the group chat and then like I'll pop in at the most weird times. And exactly. Exactly. I, I embrace that role. And especially since I'm like, it's the, not a bad role. Yeah, exactly. I don't no. Really, yeah. I don't like, it for it. I'm like the new guy and it kind of it's weird. This is this totally sounds like a high take. So like, forgive me for this. And this sounds like a stretch, but like, <laughs> it's weird because I feel like one as the late addition, I'm also like the lead guitar player who like adds all the, I basically create all the atmospheres. Like I took a band yeah, that's yeah. very much like brand new and like, or like Nirvana or citizen. And I like add like all this weird abstract, like ambience to it. Like a lot of weird you delays. Pedal, you got a pedal board is what I'm saying. Dude, I got two, I run two amps and a giant pedal board. Like, yeah, I, I go, oh, there you go. I go wild live, but like <laughs> that's also the approach I take to the group chat is that's the high take. It's like <laughs> I, I come in, you know, sparingly and I just create this like weird abs. I say the weirdest shit, dude. Like, I so there's a lot of <laughs> gifts going in that group chat, is what you're saying. Yeah, dude, a lot of things that shouldn't <laughs> a lot be of shared, gifts. you know, <laughs> like if, hey, if well, the contents of the group chat's for, yeah, I mean, if the contents of the group chat were ever shared, like I would never hold public office. Let's just keep it at that. You that know. might be the next podcast. You never know. Just like group chat shit posting. Like yeah, group like group chat shit posting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm surprised that I've never like 
like talk, talked about group chats with bands like Benny. We need to like remember to ask bands like what the group chat is like because every band has one, right? Like if you don't, like yeah, what are you, do? what are you doing? You see, group chats are great. Uh, gear share chats—that's a whole other ball game. You don't even want to go Ooh. down that road. Um, yeah, boy, I couldn't even think about that right now. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare that one. <laughs> like who, who who participates in in the gear share? chat like <laughs> <laughs> with, without just like okay or yes or see you there <laughs> yeah like, I'm, yeah I'll, we'll, we'll leave we'll we'll put a pin in that one <laughs> but i will say about you know benny you've you've been you've been very modest and very great not to mention the guitar in any of these podcasts yet but i do want to bring up the fact that benny is a proud owner of a guitar a red guitar oh nice nice that thing uh, it's probably the dopest purchase i've ever made if i'm being completely like, honest you just like wear wear it riding the subway and shit or <laughs> <laughs> no nah, it's like, one if that's I, like if i had a keytar it'd be like all day keytar nah that keytar is unfortunately like it's not a pure keytar. It's a MIDI controller in the shape of a keytar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So I still have the like capability to use it live and stuff like that. I just well, got to carry a, lap, a laptop in your backpack and a couple yeah, of yeah. There you <laughs> need go. That, need that MacBook with that legally downloaded version of Logic Pro X. And I'm <laughs> we ready have to the go. technology. <laughs> exactly. It's all doable. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit. Note to self. Mention the keytar every podcast. <laughs> I swear to God, I put that thing on and I'm like, dude, I feel like a member of Gorillas right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> That's just wild. Uh, I saw or like that a member you... of D or a member of Devo or something. You put an ice cream pail on your head or something. Be like, definitely super worthy. <laughs> Getting wild, dude. <laughs> See, like I've I always you mentioned Gorillas. I think that's interesting. Like. I think I have too big of an ego to uh, to not let myself be famous. Like I think that's a cringe <laughs> thing to say. Like that's like a taboo <laughs> thing to say. Like, but honestly, if you can't let yourself be famous, what the fuck? What can what can you let yourself be? Yeah, like I think it's I admire the fact that those those guys like are huge and yet main they choose to maintain anonymity. Like I think that's like. That's purest. Well, that's like that's purity real. to me. If the, if the guy from Blur is walking down the street, you know it's the fucking guy from Blur. You know if Del the Del the Funky Homo Sapiens walking down the street, you know it's Del the Funky Homo Sapien. But they <laughs> use the cartoon characters, and uh, I get what you're saying. But yeah, they're still massive rock stars. Yeah, yeah it's like Daft Punk. You know, like who are they? That's it. I don't different. know. I, I don't have a clue who those guys are exactly. There you go. I think I looked up like a picture. I was like Google image searching like Daft Punk without helmets. And I've it's never like, done it. I've never done it. Yeah. They're the most normal looking guys you've ever seen. Oh, that's disheartening. I would hope they'd look like robots under the robot hats. Like Cyclopses <laughs> or some shit. Like oh, I'd be something, that. something, something. Uh, that's just, that's just wild to me. Like I, I was in this, this is kind of like embarrassing, but. I'm just going to say it because I'm like halfway through a bullet rye. And, uh, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I just said, fuck it. Chase, in the last episode, we do a Chase from Dogleg. Uh, that was a great interview. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I saw that you popped in. I saw you popped yeah. in. We're just like fly on the wall for that. Hell I yeah. didn't boot you. Yeah. Well, I was I like, oh. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. But he was talking about, he was, you know, he was clawed up. He was drinking the, the lemon claw, lemon white claw. And I was like, all right, well, I got some rye. I'm going to go jump on it's this. five o'clock somewhere, right, buddy? We just got hey, those white claws up here. They sold out, they sold like hotcakes, but they're pretty tight. I like them. Sold like hotcakes. <laughs> That's the most oh, Canadian yeah. thing you've said so far. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, you're, you're so lucky that y'all don't have some of the shit that we have in Michigan. We have like, alcoholic latte now <laughs> like like what? four loco seltzer oh dude i'll tell you about four loco when we were down in san francisco making a record went to a 7-eleven and fucking chris got a four loco for the first time and this guy he can tie one on he can handle his own this yeah. one four loco put him out for two fucking days <laughs> worst, worst hangover the guy's ever had in his life one Damn. four loco. 
I was like, oh shit, these Americans mean business. God damn. Did purchase it legally? <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? They, well, he drank it down the street illegally, but maybe All drank right, it a little fine. quick, but it was, oh god, it was awful. That just reminds me of, uh, so I used to be Twitter mutuals with this person when I had a personal Twitter account. I used to, uh, follow this guy who used to tweet about like wanting to leave the u.s to go fight against isis in the middle east and he actually <laughs> wanted to go do it with like a leftist militia i remember he like i would see him tweet all the time about how like dude they have the most fucked up alcoholic drinks over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd think you'd think <laughs> yeah I, fucked up ideas about things <laughs> I feel like Canada is like uh, a really great drinking country overall. I think they're like, I think there's a lot of similarities between like Canada and Michigan. I think like there's a lot of like the same spirit, you know, like Michigan seems to be like yeah, so. cool people. And um, I think a great example of that one of my favorite um, like feel good bands is Arkells. They're like huge in Canada. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, Arkells is the shit, but you know what? I always mention this, like when I'm talking to bands too, about like which venues they like to play. If they like smaller venues versus larger ones, or and I think like a tr- like I almost said a trio because I shit post tweeted about a trio earlier. But Arkells, <laughs> um, they they're living like the absolute dream because if they want to tour Certainly. clubs, they go to America, and if they want to tour fucking stadiums, they just stay in Canada. And exactly, like, yeah. Can you imagine a better setup than that? Like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, last summer in Hamilton, what they sold out stadiums for like days. It's like, man, those guys are killing it up here. They're killing yeah. it. But like well, you said, if they want, if they want to have that feeling, like they're still working for it, all they gotta do is go down south. Yeah, like it's it's amazing to me that like it's almost like on purpose that they haven't caught on in America the same way. Because like, I think. If I were them, I would keep it that way. Like I would try to focus all my marketing efforts in in Canada. And obviously you're gonna release shit to the, you know, the US and the US is gonna know about it. But like yeah. I would not I would keep it that way forever if I could. Like I wouldn't do a US well, think, stadium tour. I think a really good example of that is the tragically hip. They they I was just about to ask. Are, they're a band that sort of built a legacy in Canada on their own, but like on the rest of the world stage, they're sort of like a, a smaller, like smaller venue act compared to like the stadiums they would play in Canada, but their records sold like crazy. And they sort of like left a legacy as being a Canadian act. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen like based on what I know of the tragically hip, I don't think I've ever seen a country rally behind a band as hard as Canadians rally behind the tragically hip. No, I, I I would completely agree with you there. Yeah, I can't even think of one. Yeah. Well, also Canada, like maybe, maybe during the Olympics, scene of the states, but yeah, not even. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. So, like the states, though, like it, it, I feel like it's so divided. And you correct me if I'm wrong, 100%. but like I think that like it's yeah. it's so like I feel like when Canada gets behind the band, a band, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people there. It's a lot of different true. ideas. Yeah, a lot of different. And people. I, I, I feel like there's two Canadas. There's like maybe three. There's like French Canada. There's Eastern Canada, and then there's like Vancouver. You know? Yeah, and totally, I think dude. That, totally, dude. I feel like that's from like the outsider's perspective. That's what it looks like to me, anyways. But like, I feel there's like every almost every state or like every region in the United States is like it could easily be its own country. You know, like exactly. Texas could be a country. Yeah. Florida could be a country. California. <laughs> could probably Different be two separate countries across the board and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it just looks like Canada's more on the same page about a lot of stuff. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like, we have our issues. We have our issues too, but yeah, like um, when it comes to music, like I'm saying, when, when a band really strikes hard on radio and we used to have much music up here, which was a, a TV station that played music videos, just like all day. And like, that was a huge push for a lot of bands like Alexis on fire and think bands like that. Billy Dude, yes. They wouldn't have the success they have unless it was for stations like that that don't exist anymore. Sadly, you know, like, yeah, but, but yeah. for, for like decades, that's what was really pushing Canadian, uh, bands to become really big on our own scale. Like, because everybody in Canada would see that video and they would connect that video with the song on the radio and it'd just be a thing. And you could really attach yourself to those bands. Yeah. I, it's funny you mentioned Alexis on fire too. 
because they're probably my number one Canadian band of all time. Oh, right on. And yeah, whenever someone so mentions good. they love like City and Color, I'm like, oh, dude, you like Dallas Green? You should check out his other band. You love them. And I sent him a Lexus exactly, on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, they're still like one of the best hardcore bands I've ever seen live. Dude, I saw them at Warp Tour in Detroit. Like, so good. Yeah, like, like 2008, 2007 or something like that. And they just ripped. They were so well, good they, live. Their shows last summer that they played at the Budweiser stage in Toronto here, they were so good. They're so good. Yeah, they just... I thought they were coming back for a while. I don't know if I was just imagining that. that or well, they had some, they, they've been releasing singles all year. They've released about four singles this year. Have they been... With Dallas Green too, right? Like he's a part of it, right? Oh, Dallas Green's still killing it. Yeah, yeah. His, Hell uh, yeah. His, the new silly, City in Color this year that came out was so good. It was a rocking yes. record, actually. I need to check that out. Like, I'm, I'm always the worst when it comes to like it, it, engaging with new music. Like, I have like my, like maybe like I can count on one or two hands, like which bands like I'm plugged into. Like, I will always yeah. know, like Circus Revive, Manchester Orchestra. Right on, you yeah. Know, Brandon used to be one until they shot themselves in the foot, like by being just basically dumbass. I know, dumbass. right? Yeah, I know, right? Like it's even like you can obviously tell that was like a band that influenced uh, uh, like us as musicians earlier. It's like that's one of those things. It's hard to even like admit to because <laughs> he's such yeah. a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's like so interesting seeing like all of the bands from like that long Island, New York scene, like brand new and taking back Sunday, like how they've just influenced an entire generation of musicians. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Take back yeah. Sunday is probably the closest I've ever come to dying at a show. Also, like I saw them at uh riot fest in Chicago this past summer. Yeah. And like I was up front, I was I got to the very front to see Manchester Orchestra and I was there for like I was yeah. in like the first row on the barricade and then it was like the starting line right after that so I was like okay oh it's I'm so good for- oh I forgot they played last year yeah yeah dude and then <laughs> it was like there's like a band after the I no it was the starting line and then taking back Sunday afterwards because I remember Kenny Vasoli saying like holy shit we've never played for this many people and you like you know oh, thank totally. taking back Sunday for like bringing a crowd because everyone was there trying to get there for taking back Sunday. I mean, obviously people love the starting line too, but you know, they they don't have the legacy though. They wouldn't even have like a quarter of the fans that would be there for TBS. Right. 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 And so like, it was a good show and like people were like moving around and stuff, but like, it was just like once taking back Sunday started, I was right at the front again. And (laughs) it was, I was immediately crushed when they started. Like I would, I don't, I'm not like a big crowd surfer, but like I felt like I had to in order to survive because I was just being like completely sandwiched between people. It, it was the same what's you guys, uh, happened to me at a Taking Back Sunday show. What's you guys' favorite Michigan festival you guys go to? Ooh, used to be a Warp Tour. Bloodfest oh, is right. awesome, but they don't do that anymore. Yeah, totally. Right. Do you guys feel that like Riot Fest is the closest thing next to you guys? For me, it, it Lollapalooza I, I want to go to, but I haven't oh, yeah. never been. I'm uh, I can't think of Lollapalooza without getting so mad at myself. So me and my roommate went to Illinois like last summer because we were going with her family to the Wisconsin State Fair, and the day that we got there was the day that well Lollapalooza was going on, but the Strokes were headlining. Dumb. And I yeah. didn't realize that they were playing until we were there. And I was like, so crushed. <laughs> I missed them last summer and I was pretty crushed too. The drummer in our band, Andrew, he got to watch them. Like he was doing stage for them. So he got to like watch like right up there. Right. Oh, that's so sick. That's one and of those their, bands where like you get a oh, their new once every five years to out. see them. That new record of theirs is so good. <laughs> That's a very good example of a band that's just like coming back and I, they could kill it. They could kill it right now. That's my album of the year right there. That Which one is that? Album is so good. What's the, the name new Strokes of that? Album. The, uh, the oh. new album. It's also called The New Something Else. What's the New that? Abnormal. New Abnormal. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a cool fucking name, dude. Oh, it's such a dope record. And it's like one of those examples of a band that you don't even. So many years could go by. You just get them in the room with a good producer. They're going to make a killer record. 
Oh yeah. See, like I for the Strokes, like I haven't. I I listened to the record with uh, like the blue and yellow cover on it. Like, what is it? The someday or something? You know, the song that. But yeah, their first uh, their first one. Yeah, yeah. And I I'll, I'll admit, like I didn't get it. Like I didn't get what the hype. I mean, obviously that song is dope, but like it just didn't stick with me. I'm curious, like is that does that just mean like I'm not a huge fan of the Strokes or have 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 they like evolved I, at all? I personally feel like me and my roommate were just talking about this the other day because she's a massive fan of the strokes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a big divide between people who love their earlier, more like garage, like gritty kind of like rock stuff. And yeah. people who like their later, more like, like from the album angles on like poppier kind of like synthesizer influence kind of stuff. Oh, now yeah. I'm exactly. all over that stuff. So I love all that stuff. But like it was kind, of, it's kind of hard for me to get into the earlier stuff. I don't know why. To me, I mean, it's, just it's good. Cool. To me, it's just a cool progression as a band. Like they really did sound like a garage band when they started, and like you said, uh, they evolved with different elements as they go on to the second album, or no more synth. They go on with like they just evolve, right? Like, and that's how what I always find when a band is changing and evolving, but still like keeping it interesting for me. That's what I follow. Like yeah. I'll, I'll follow that to yeah, the yeah. end, like like Deftones or something, right? Like th- no matter what they do, no matter how much time between the records, you're gonna follow because you know it's gonna be dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah, like Radiohead is my band, like that. Also, Manchester Orchestra. Exactly. Yeah, you know both of those. Yeah, there are rare examples of a band that like does it. They do the same thing, and it still kind of stays good. Like I think Dance Gavin Dance is a. Yeah, they they just I haven't checked out that new it. record, but a lot of people are talking about that one. It seems, yeah. Prisoners, they, they, they can't top Mothership for me, but it, it's Dance Gavin Dance is one of those bands that just based on the talent in the band alone, I think it's impossible for them not to always be killing it. Yeah, yeah. dude, exactly. Like Will Swan's a genius. Yeah, and and Tillian, like I I feel like it's. Once, you know, Tillian has been like the most tenured, longest tenured singer. And I think Kurt Travis was my favorite Dance Gavin Dance singer. But I think, I think like Tillian, you know, they've definitely figured out what they're going to be as a band. Like he's going to be the only singer, I think, moving forward. And I think that they, Mothership was the best example, I think. I think they, that was like their second album together. And that was just like front to back, just beautiful and but i think even this one like the production has changed slightly on each one which i can appreciate because like the songs the types of songs they play like are kind of similar you know but i think there's enough of dance game that's where a different producer comes in it's like that's where it makes things interesting yeah 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 now i'm thinking about mothership i might spin that after we're done recording (laughs) fucking yeah a lot of people a lot of people have been, uh, have, have been spinning that new one, though, it looks like. Yeah, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I mean, they have, like, a built-in fan, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be people, they're at the point where, like, yeah. no matter what they do, people are going to slobber all over it. But, like, I think yeah. that, like, I, uh, it's hard for me to get into the, some of the stuff, like, because Mother, like I said, Mothership was so fucking good that it's, yeah, you know, like, I, it's good enough to where I'm interested in what they do no matter what, but, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to top it, but I will say that I've listened to a little bit of the new record, and I think the vocal production is better for Tillian. Like this is the best yeah. I've heard his voice sound. I feel like he's getting yeah. more comfortable. Yeah, and like he, there, there's a you know he definitely has like a pop influence. Like he tries to add that pop sort of sensibility to things. Yeah, and can, can that be here, Mister? It it can be for sure. There's some times where it almost feels like forced, contrived, and yeah, 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 exactly. But I think, especially a single prisoner, dude, like it's so good. It's so good. Like his the way his vocal sound, I just can't get enough of that song. But I kind of want to get back to your your music a little bit. Um, Before we get too far away from it, like I I like to ask about you know lyrical influences and i'm just curious like if 
if there are any sort of lyricists that you feel like inspired the way you write or if there's like favorite lyricists or you know anything like um, that i wouldn't i wouldn't say a lyricist in general i would more say like like just lyrics the way people in, like i'm really into hip-hop and like i'd say hip-hop actually influences the way i approach lyrics quite a bit and actually hip-hop and like just like stuff that has a certain rhythm to the way it goes, you know? Yeah. And lyrics, when it comes, when it comes to the words that I'm writing, it's, you know, it's all, it all comes from personal stuff. It's all like, you know, friends, stories, stuff that hits on an honest level for me, because I want to be able to like approach the songs when I play them live and think about it while I'm playing it and still have that little bit of resonance with me that it's some, something that means something to me at the end of the night that I'm singing it. And, yeah. And hopefully the guys in the band feel that fa- same vibe as well. Yeah. No, I get that, dude, for sure. I think, like, it's good, you know, like you mentioned before, that you guys have, like, a certain camaraderie when it comes to, like, you know, the social aspect of the band. So do you guys, do you share the lyrics with them before they're finalized, or every, is there just kind of like oh, a trust? Oh, for sure. And not only like share them with them, I'll bounce ideas off them to see if they have better ideas. And they'll give me little like tidbits of like we share ideas and stuff. And there's a couple songs on the last record that where me and Chris just sort of like hung out playing guitar late at night, and he would bounce ideas off me, and I'd take some of his lyrics. And so that's why I sort of like like most of the lyrics are written by me, but I sort of write "Call the Wolf" as "Call the Wolf" because they do give me ideas and give me inspiration at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's, that, you know, makes sense. That's actually like something I've tried to weave into writing a little bit. Like I mentioned that I'm in a band where I'm not like the sole songwriter and it's kind of cool that like we do, we're going to bring in like almost like taking back Sunday ask like dual vocalist thing. Oh, right. Where, like, yeah. yeah. Like it's basically like that band's called pursuer and like, we don't have any records with me on them yet, but like the record we're writing and recording is kind of like, I tell people it's like citizen with like two vocalists and like circus survive ask lead parts, you know, like ambient. Oh, very cool. And I, I like writing lyrics for that band a lot because Vince, our songwriter will send me lyrics and I, I rather than write what's, what comes to mind from my own experiences, I try to like figure out like what he's writing the song about and then a right imagining that like I'm in that position, if that makes sense, you know, like oh, imagine, sure. yeah, that's fun to do. You know, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Sometimes there's songs all right with that perspective through somebody else's mind. I won't even tell them that I'm writing it through their mind. And I'll never tell them. <laughs> you know, there's, a lot, there's a lot of songs like that where it's like, I'm thinking of what this friend is going through at the moment. And I'll try to just like write about that. And they might not even pick up on that. But like, yeah, there's plenty of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be difficult. Like if you don't have, again, if you don't have like that social understanding, like if you yeah, don't have yeah. that, you know, like emotional connection to to your bandmates like it can be a lot harder to do that but that's why i think i I, I just love highlighting the importance of having that in a collaborative environment having like you know if you can't like hang out with your band outside of a practice like that's not like the best sign you know like exactly the tour is not going to be too fun for you you know what i'm saying right right exactly but like like we've been together for we've been playing together and like hanging out for like about three years now and of course, just like anything, we've learned to uh, deal with each other's like ups and downs, and wh- and how they deal with each other, and like that's how a band works. Just like any relationship, you you, you see how they uh, uh, react to different environments and things going on tour and things like that. But like from so far, what I've dealt with these guys, it's a great bunch of guys. You know, like we just yeah. really enjoy hanging out with each other. When we see each other, it's joy. And we love playing music. We love hearing each other's ideas. There's never really a, a big animosity going on about creative stuff ever. So that's that's really what you're looking for. You really want a creative environment for everybody to be able to express themselves. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're doing here. It's just all of us expressing ourselves and trying to connect with people. Yeah. So do you guys, you've been playing for a while together. Do you guys have 
Like, what are your shows like in in Toronto? Like, do you guys have like a decent following out there? Yeah, for have, sure. Like, like, like we've really built up a decent following just like from local shows. Um, like, we don't try to t- play too much in Toronto because you can overdo it, right? But like right. when we do when we do play, like like we have a substantial amount of friends that'll come out and all their buddies will come out. So it's like it's always super fun. Like it's super fun playing in Toronto. But like it's a, but to get outside perspective or outsider fans, you gotta work really hard in a place like Toronto because there's so much for people to see here. Like there's so many bands, so many artists. Um to get people outside of your circle, you really gotta work hard. You really gotta promote yourself. And you really gotta offer a good show. You gotta offer like a fun time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm curious, like have you played outside? Like, have you played in the States a decent amount? Or? We've never been, us as called the Wolf have never been down to the States. Like, that was totally like our goal for this summer, but obviously it's not working out right now. But it'll happen eventually, of course. Uh, but we've just basically been touring Ontario and over to Montreal and Quebec and stuff and just keeping it in this like pretty tight knit area. But you can really play a lot of cool places in Ontario. Yeah. Just being from Toronto, there's about eight cities just outside of Toronto. You can just tour around and play, and you can really make just like you can make a like a scene for yourself as a band just doing that. But us is interested in we're more interested in just like we want to sort of approach ourselves into the states. We want to go to the UK. We we just want to sort of get the our tunes out there. You know, we want to play in front of more people and. World domination. Well, a little world domination. You know, we'll do our (laughs) we'll do our best. We'll do our evilest best. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think yeah, I think that'd be really awesome to like go overseas and play like even if it's like a country where no one knows what the fuck you're saying. I just think the experience of like being somewhere you've probably never been before and just like getting to play music regardless of you could be in a little bar or something if you're playing for like ten people, but I'm That's just, just like such a cool excited. bucket list thing. I'm just as excited playing a basement show in some s- small town in Ontario as I am playing, you know, a bigger stage in Toronto here. It's just a, the vibe you get. So of course, when you go overseas and you get those smaller opportunities or something like that, that'd be it'd be an adventure. It'd be awesome. So I yeah. think that's what a lot. I think that's what a lot of guys getting into playing music want to do. They just they just really want to travel around, expressing themselves and connecting with art connecting with other artists and connecting with people and fans and like just playing music. Like it's, that's really all we want as musicians. And like, I think people that are in it for just the enjoyment of playing music, that's what they want to do. They want to just get around and do too as many people. Yeah. I think there's a certain degree of like wanderlust that's common with musicians because i think there's a lot of like abstract thinkers that get involved in the arts in general and like yeah i know for me like getting into music is one like it's the only thing i feel like i'm connected to like it's the only thing that would like make me happy when i look back on my life one day but like also it's my excuse to see the world and have a reason to be there you know like i i I want to see every time I drive into a new city, I just get like those butterflies, you know, like I get so giddy. Totally. totally. (laughs) Even if every city in America looks the same in a way. Here's (laughs) here's a great example of that. My folks, my parents, they live in Montreal. I go visit there all the time. But when I drive into that city with my band, I have a way different fucking vibe going. I'm stoked. When I drive into that city (laughs) with my band, it's a way different thing. Like, so it's like, no matter what, if you're with your band, that camaraderie of those friends going to express yourselves and and go play in front of different people, that's what it's all about, like, for sure. Yeah, I think, like, sometimes, you know, you'll, this was the case for me slightly, like, for, like, your family, like, when you make the choice to be in a band or you make the choice to, like, pursue music as a career, it can be, it can raise some eyebrows, you know, especially like I come from a background. I was like, I was the first person in my family to go to college and like, I always got good grades and stuff. So my dad has always pushed me down like the academic path, always wanted me to like fulfill my potential in a way, you know? Yeah, and so yeah, like yeah. I have a degree, but like I 
once I made oh, the good decision, for you. Like, good for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, thanks. Like once I <laughs> made the decision, no, <laughs> I wish I had, I wish I didn't. I wish I had the money, but you know, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But, thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, but no, uh, experience and the knowledge. Dude, there you go. Yeah, in a way, the way I sometimes I like to look at life, like, okay, well, this was just like my path, you know, this is like, exactly. I was always going to do these things. And I'm here now. So it's all good. I'll just make it work. But it raised some eyebrows, like people are like, you sure that's the best idea, you know, looking at things from a more like, practical point of view, you know, like, you know, you could go to grad school and probably make way more money. And like, but yeah, but it's moments like you just mentioned, like driving in a new city and like being with a group of your friends and like you're yeah. there to like express yourself and to play art, like you play your art for people and that you can't really put a price on that, dude. Like that's no, exactly. Like and if you artists, can do that, why wouldn't you try? You know, exactly. Yeah. And artists, that's what you do. You're, you're basically trying to display your art to people and to try and connect with that somehow. And the only way to do that in other cities is to get on your, get into a van and, you know, pack up your gear and load the gear and get up in front of people and do it. And that should be a joy to you. That should like, like you said, every time you get into a city, that excitement of getting past those like signs, you know, one kilometer away, one mile away, as you <laughs> as <Yeah>. Americans would <laughs> say, but like, you know, you, you get it, you get there and you're like, you're so stoked. And that's because we grew up, we grew up listening to these bands. We grew up listening to this music where these people did the exact same thing that we're doing. And we admire these people so much that like we live our lives to, to somehow emulate that, you know, bands like Nirvana and stuff like stuff we grew up listening to. It's just like, we just want to do what they did, you know, because that's what we want to continue a tradition that hopefully doesn't die is live right. music and, and rock and roll, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't. It's shown no signs of stopping. You know, I think not that, like, at it, all. No, it used to be. In a way, it's like it's it's it's. It, I can't think of the word, but it's like it's refined itself. I guess like, like if you think about like Guns and Roses that era, like or classic rock was like on MTV and like. Yeah, I think there was. It's not as popular as it once was. I think like the no. popular version of rock now kind of sucks, but. Like it's almost like specialized. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Like the people who are really into it are there, and it's almost only those people. Like the the amount of people that are only in it because it's like cool or the popular thing has like I think really reduced since like its heyday, exactly. if you will. Well, I think the opportunities for maybe more more artistic sort of like more diverse bands the the opportunities are just smaller for that grants. You know that big sort of mainstream success. It's just uh, not a lot of bands like I've I've even noticed like not a lot of bands in Canada are trying to get on the radio and stuff like that. Like that's maybe something you should do if you want to get to the next if you want to get noticed across your country or in different states, you know, like yeah, you try and get on the radio, maybe maybe do stuff like that, but like a lot of people a lot of bands really focus on a, a local attention, which is great. Like that's but it only gets you so far. Like, you know, like you can you can get so many likes on your Instagram. You can only get so many likes on a video on Facebook. But to get those people in front of you, you got to build something, and like that really takes some hard work and traveling and building yeah. relationships and meeting people in Michigan. You want to go down and play some shows with shit like that, like all that. Right. You know, like it takes work. And um, I think bands that are starting now realize that right off the bat. Yeah. yeah, like if you if you're starting a band in the last two three years, you know right off the bat this ain't an easy thing to do to get fans and all that because there's just so much going on. So it's like there's so many innovative ways young bands are taking advantage of live stream of their fan network on Instagram and stuff. Like they're really finding ways to just connect and stuff. And everybody just sort of has, has to network and figure out how to do this thing and do it well. Because rock, like rock and roll, will always still be around, and like people will always play, be playing killer shows. It's a matter of like keeping it as popular and as like fun as it always has been. Yeah, and I think you have to like, kind of speaking to what you said, you have to get people through the door. Exactly. You know, yeah. like the a lot of bands part. got. Yeah, it's and really like, easy I, to do an Instagram campaign with their with your friends and followers and all that. It's real easy to do that. 
It's a lot different to get out on the street in January in Canada and get some flyers out of, outside of a venue to get people to come to your show. That's what you need to be doing, you know? Like, that's what's up. Yeah. It's, a, it's almost like it doesn't matter, like, at least when you're starting out, because, you know, when you're trying to build, like, that local fan base, it doesn't really matter so much, like, how good you are. It's But, like, it's how do people care about you personally, you know, like it's a how many little ki- little column A, column B, you know, like they got to yeah. see that there's some, they got to see that there's something cool to go see, but they yeah. also want to connect with it. They also want to see that you're maybe out at the other band shows that you like other local band shows and stuff. Like they want to be maybe a part of a scene, a, a part of like, yeah, like they want to be a fan wants to be noticed almost as much as a, a band does. You know what I'm saying? So it's That's like, <laughs> So you sort of create something and it's not a bad thing. It's like, it gets more people to come out to your, come out to your shows and stuff. But like, you got to create that, that, uh, availability to yourself somewhat. Exactly. That is exactly why I started this podcast because it's hard for me to go to shows or at least it was like when I first started like exploring the scene and first decided to like, I'm really going to pursue music. Like, it's really daunting, like this idea that like doing what you said, like from the ground up, knowing nobody. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is gonna be hard, and I'm not the most like socially outgoing person in large groups. It's not yeah. easy for me to just like go to a show and like make friends, but like, yeah, now like, that I, have I, I this, feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So this podcast is like the cheat code, you know, like meeting a bunch of people, like by having them literally come to my house and talk to me a long form about their music. And like, we develop a rapport that way. Now, when I go to shows like local shows, like I know so many people. So it's easy for me to do that because it is honestly my so favorite people, my favorite people in the Ontario and Mont- and Quebec scene and con in Canada here that I've like played shows with and stuff are doing exactly what you're saying. They sort of set up a network through their hometown, like have people maybe come stay at their house, play a, a quick house show or something at their place, something like that. Yeah. But those are the people that I've seen are really doing something cool because they, no matter the style of the band, no matter the level of the band, they'll always come to guys like that just to keep a connection to what's happening in those areas, right? Like no yeah. matter what the size of the band is because they need those people. Yep. And they need Absolutely. podcasts. They they need podcasts. They need house shows. They need like places to go, people to get the like their tunes out, right? Like radio, everything, like all that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, and again, like you're like, saying, if if you feel if you like, you know, you have social issues with like hanging out in big crowds and go to parties and shit, what's better than having a podcast where you can sit in your living room, fucking have a drink and fucking chat with buddies you've never met, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. It, it's kind of it kind of just sums it up. Um, Benny, I don't know if you got any more questions, dude. Like, I uh, I do. I have to wrap it up because I just have to like go back to my actual life now. But it's not been, a problem. It's been not a, a pleasure for it's been great talking. Sure. To yeah, it was a real good interview. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, great, was guys. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, when uh, when all this uh, clears up, maybe I can get together with the other boys and we can uh, sit in the in the rehearsal studio or something. We can do a full band podcast. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll always have people guys. back. And when you know, when you're actually in Michigan, you know, like I said, you can hit us up if you like need help getting a show. And I like to do in-person episodes too. And sometimes bands will like even oh, perform certainly. like tiny desk type performances and stuff. I like having that too. So oh, that'd be a lot all of fun. on the table. That'd be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, we'll keep in touch for sure. Sweet. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, real quick, just uh, let people know like where they can find the band, find the music, and all that stuff. All right, you can find the band at callthewolf.ca. We're available on all streaming platforms. We're available on YouTube. Our our YouTube channel is Call the Wolf. Check us out. We got a video on there called Black Moon. Our new single out on radio right now is called Your Art. It's on our new record. Uh, it's uh, produced, mixed, and mastered by Sam Pira, who's done bands like Dangerous Summer, State Champs, story so oh, far sweet. stuff like that so if you want to check that out please stream us check it out uh yeah that's about it cool dude well, yeah we'll wait to hear from you you know looking forward to having you back hell yeah for sure for sure all right you guys have a good night it's nice talking to you yep you as well thank you cheers boys
So that's the episode, guys. Um, again, if you got through the whole thing, um, despite the audio issues, I really, really appreciate you. And, um, you know, not every episode is like that. Most of them are not like that. Um, but yeah, also, I forgot to mention in the intro, but, you know, if you're looking for something to do, go out and protest. Um, because, you know, if there's some real bullshit going on, I don't think I need to explain what that is. But, we at the podcast fully support the Black Lives Matter movement, which is kind of like saying it, it should be as easy to say that as like, I like water. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just complete, utter bullshit what's, what's been happening in the world for too long. Um, so support the protests, um, support peaceful protests, and, um, you know, just let, you know, let our brothers and sisters of the world like you know the black lives matter movement of the black community let them know that they're not alone um but anyways i i don't have a lot of education on the subject i just know that as a human being it's complete utter horse shit what they've had to deal with um and it's gone on far too long and it, it shouldn't have to go on any longer um so yeah without getting overly sentimental or dramatic i just wanted to say that and thanks for listening guys